Hello, and welcome to another episode of Real Men Feel. I'm your host, Andy Grant. Real Men Feel is all about allowing you, yes, you, to feel and express all of your emotions, whatever they may be. Uh, with me, as always, is Apio Hunter. Hey. How are you today, Apio? Fantastic. Good. Yeah, in a really good space today. I'm going to say, you're fantastic. That's, you're always in good, but fantastic, that's a, that's a new one. That's a high Absolutely. vibration of Apio. I'm, I'm moving toward fabulous, you know? Oh, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> um, anyone that wants to know more about the show, we invite you to check out realmenfeel.org. We have a private group on Facebook. We have a Twitter feed. All of our shows, uh, you can find them as podcasts at iTunes, um, SoundCloud, and even YouTube. Um, you'll find show notes. You'll find information about future shows. You can even join our new email list and be notified via email about upcoming shows, about past shows, about where to find everything, uh, more links and books and contacts for our guests, such as today's guest, returning guest, actually, author and relationship coach, Jeff Lofton. How are you today, Jeff? Well, I'm probably one notch below fantastic, but I know half an hour from now, I'm going to be right there with Apio. Good, good. That's what I was going to say. Give us a few minutes and we'll get there. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me back. Yeah, oh, we're thrilled always, to have you back. Yeah, I know we had a, a, a wide-ranging discussion on relationship stereotypes um, on your first visit. Yep. And, and, and this week, you, uh, you had a really cool topic. Um, Questioning the rules that bind up our relationships and dull our sex lives. So where should we start with the, with our relationship in being in binding? <laughs> or does the sex life being dull? Are they are they hand in hand? Do they go together? Can they be separated? How's it all work? Yeah, they definitely go hand in hand, in my experience. And I think that one of the things that applies both to sex and relationship is rules. Mm. And one of the things I've learned over the years, just in my own inner work, as well as what I do with people and couples, is so much of what we unconsciously do in relationship, what we unconsciously do and how we're unconsciously being or not being, is really a function of all these rules that if you really stop and think about it, we probably none of us, men or women, we didn't get to about say fourth or fifth grade and get handed a binder that said, here are all the rules that you've got to follow to be able to have an outrageous relationship. Oh, and while you're at it, when you get old enough to have sex, here are all the rules that you're supposed to do to have that, ranging from who you want to have sex with and what gender you should be attracted to, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so, you know, I can't speak for you guys, but I can tell you I never got that binder. No. <laughs> and I, yeah. I just placed it somewhere in one of my moves. <laughs> <laughs> so what... What I can vividly remember from my first real love relationship at 16 up to today, which is a long ass way from 16, that when I fell in love, anytime I fell in love, there wasn't, you know, I really wasn't thinking about rules, but I sure was following rules that 
I finally got old enough, maybe just a few years ago, I got old enough to realize, wait a minute. So where, like, where do these rules come from? And do they really fit? And when you're in a relationship for a while, and for those who might be hearing this or seeing me for the first time, I've been in my marriage for 34 years. And over that time, we've made more of our own rules. The things that really matter to us have changed with age. And when we had kids, different rules came in. So I'm really on a, on a kick about questioning any rule that we have, even if it's just simply to say, okay, if I can't say, um, if, I, if it's not okay for me to let my partner feel a certain way, like I get really uncomfortable when my partner suddenly gets really sad or gets pissed off. You know, I say, hi, honey, how you doing? Fuck you. That, you know, I'm kind of wondering where would that come from? Yeah. What rule did I just violate? <laughs> yeah, right. So are you pregnant again? <laughs> yeah. and, and so even just when you notice, oh, something automatic. So I get that kind of reaction and this automatic thing happens where, uh-oh, that, that would be mine. First thing that would happen in my head, uh-oh. Not even, oh shit, it would just be, uh-oh. And then, uh-oh, in our unconscious mind, triggers this whole chain of choices and responses and reactions that we're going to have. And what if you were able to just notice, be conscious and present enough to notice, oh, oh, uh-oh, oh, okay it's happening and to be able to stop it in mid-sequence and simply ask yourself is this a rule hmm. and if it is did I voluntarily sign up for it have I ever agreed to it and for that matter have I ever even stated it by the way sweetheart if I ever walk in the door and I say with pure loving attention and intention. Hi, honey, I'm so happy to be home. And you said, go screw yourself. Then here's the rules that are going to happen, like rules of engagement in the way. And here's what's going to happen. So that even just question, oh, our reactivity. Wait, why am I reacting? If provided you can catch that you are reacting. But if you can't, then simply to go, what rule just kicked in? So when you bring that from our relationship with anybody, mm. and then you get into sex. So, you know, for guys, I mean, I could speak about women from the hundreds I've listened to over the last 20 years, but, you know, this is what real men feel. So one thing that I have heard many, many men over the years say when it comes to sex is we should know how to do it. We should know how to be masterful at it. All 
all the while while there's competing stereotypes or Hollywood depictions of women looking at their watch, you know, while we're just thrusting away or, or you know, <laughs> whatever the, the gay equivalent may be. Uh, Listen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Anytime you're ready, sweetheart. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we have these rules in our head about what it would mean to be a good lover, to be good enough for our partner, um, and those rules that are generally unconscious. We're then gonna. They have so much power to dull things because they'll determine how we're gonna actually have sex at any given moment. You know, it's kinda like, oh, she breathed three times instead of two. Oh, oh, that whimper is a little bit of a different pitch. That might not be a real orgasm coming on. And, you know, and we're just making shit up constantly. Yeah. Yeah. So you're busy judging and comparing and questioning and wondering and not being where you are. Right. And that's why it has so many Viagra commercials now. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't get me started. So, well, and there's a rule, too. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Here's a rule that I know I've been grappling with that I should be able to have sex and have sex feel the way that it did when I was 16, or even younger, if you want to talk about the relationship I had with my hand, the... Rosie Palm. <laughs> yeah, and her four sisters. Yep. Um, it should be that way as much now as it did then. And the reality is, is that it isn't. Not for me and not for most men as we age. It's not to say it can't still be awesome, but there's just physiological realities, much less any psychological stories or rules. The counterpoint, you know, there's one rule about as you get older, you've got to be as studly and be able to do it the way you did it 40 or 50 years ago. There's this other rule that we buy into that once you get to be a certain age, you should just kiss your sex life goodbye. Old people don't hump. And we know that's not true. And the definition Definitely. of old people always changes too. Like, yeah, right. get, well, old people are older than me. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. See, anybody's older than me. Keep moving. <laughs> but <clears throat> those are some examples of where unquestioned rules tend to run things along with all our patterns, all our conditioning that we grew up with and keep, you know, letting run us unconsciously 95% of the time on average. Mm. And so the thing that I was excited about being able to bring to this was not just what's been said so far, but to encourage people that might be noticing that their sex life, for example, it's getting kind of ho-hum, routine. It's not a whole lot unlike careers or passions for anything. Mm. Is, to rem is to embrace the idea that if something's slowing down, or things are getting dull, 
in or out of the bedroom. The tendency I find with my clients is, oh, something's wrong. And what if you were to think about it as, oh, how cool is it that we're getting an early warning system that we're ready for an upgrade? So conscious, consciously choosing new rules allows rules to serve you and to not be dulled. And Right. And if you're going to do that, you kind of want to get a sense of what the rules are. And if you're not sure, then one of the things you can do, so let's keep it to sex for a moment, one of the things you can do is, so what are the things that keep happening? You know, whether it's we only do it in this room or either one of you, if you had enough to drink, would be able to go, well, yeah, I'll tell you about my sex life. About three minutes on this nipple, two minutes on that one, a little oral for about eight minutes. Then, you know, depending on who you are, anywhere from two to four minutes of thrusting, and then we're done. So look at that as a pattern driven by rules that may have snuck in or always been there waiting for an opportunity to germinate and go, okay, so if I just decide that, or we decide, we're going to change this whole thing up, then what's likely going to happen is resistance will eventually occur. Hmm. That's a great idea. Let's do that. Yeah, next time, we'll do it on top of the washing machine. We'll send the kids out for 10 minutes, and we'll just have a quickie on the washing machine, and that night never comes. Right. Resistance. So if you're not sure what the rules and beliefs and the patterns are that are holding you back, to be able to notice what you resist will illuminate what the rules are. Hmm. I like that. And, and when the conversations, you know, when, for those clients that you've worked with and they talk about the rules and so forth, and they decide, okay, yeah, we're going to create new rules. Um, has any of them decided that they're not going to have any rules at all, but rather they're going, they'll create a set of agreements instead, which creates a less emotional baggage? <clears throat> That's a great question. Yeah. You know, it, it, it kind of in my, with my work, it becomes a blend of agreements. Those agreements have to be driven to a fair extent by what are you passionate to either get back, mm. newly reinvent, and when you even think about that, to notice what turns you on about that and notice what frightens you. Mm. So that you're consciously developing agreements with each other that feed what turns you on and gives you ways to work through when fear comes up. Because often, you know, we'll have fear turns into a red light and I like to encourage people to let fear be a green light. What happens, yeah. that happens. So that is an excellent way to go about it. And another little extra layer would be to ask yourself this question, which is really confronting for a lot of people, but it's a really valuable question. How much does our relationship, if you're in a committed relationship with somebody and you've been in it 
I'd say you've been in it for at least a year and a half to two years because the first year and a half or so is just usually, you know, hormone biology driven. So, you know, once you get past the constantly humpalicious phase, mm -hmm. and, you know, then you get to see what's really there between you. And so if you've been together long enough for that to happen, here's the question. How much, if we really, to the degree we can take a step back and objectively just look at how things are going and how we are with each other and what the do's and don'ts are, are showing themselves to be, how much of that looks like our parents? Relationship. Good question. That's a really scary question. And in fact, there's a, there's a thought of our, our parents having sex already you know, would uh, <laughs> out the wall, <laughs> at the wall anyway. So. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But especially, I mean, because really, unless we were hanging out watching our parents have sex, we don't know what their sex life was like. Right. What we do grow up knowing is whether sex is something they ever talked about or if the outwardly spoken, non-spoken stuff, and more importantly, the energy around sexuality, if it's completely missing from our entire childhood and adolescence in the house, it says a lot about their attitude about sex. But what I'm more talking about is, and I, I don't remember if I said this when I was on last time, but it's always worth repeating. What you want to know when it comes to rules and things that trigger you and create conflict, so much of them are rooted in this principle. What your mom and dad have never worked out in their relationship, alive or dead, by the way, right? Whatever never got resolved. If they're alive and they're still fighting about the same shit, they're still doing the same things you've been watching them do their entire life or if they're gone and they never got their act together with each other. What they never handle, you're trying to handle in your relationship for them. Mm, that's an interesting thing. That brings up a, a, another question that popped into my mind, which is how much do those conflicts in the relationship, conflicts which oftentimes are driven by competing sets of rules that each person has that they're putting on the other person, impact the sex life also. I mean, I certainly have, ha have experienced that with my own relationship where an argument, you know, the kiss and make up phase actually ends up not being all that great because, you know, you're still carrying all the resentment and so forth from, from the disagreement that had taken place. Yeah, I think <clears throat> Hollywood has an interesting take on makeup sex. <laughs> um, makeup sex is awesome, but it's only going to be good it only works when it isn't a distraction or an avoidance. And you said it perfectly, Apio. If, if you get into a conflict with your partner and you try to get intimate when you haven't really gotten to the nub, mm -hmm. remember everybody, what we fight about is never what we're fighting about. Yeah, that's right? the truth. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty damn good rule of thumb. It may not be 100% of the time, but it's definitely close enough for government work that you can kind of just go by that rule of thumb that especially when you get into a really big hairy argument or going back to my hypothetical example, 
that you say hi honey and they tell you to go screw yourself mm-hmm. when something is like so out of left field and and maybe even by both parties standards the level of reaction is so out of whack with the circumstances then what that probably means is you're getting into a conflict about something that's really old, predates the two of you even knowing each other. And so sex gets affected by thinking it is about what we're actually talking about. And then if we are going to really go down to the level of what is this truly about, Mm -hmm. you'll find that if you dig far enough, you're going to find that you're upset because somebody triggered something that goes way back, brings up an old wound that's been sitting unconscious this whole time. And if you go with that and let yourself feel it, you'll get insights about, oh, wow. So I've, I turned how I was going to never have to feel that into a rule. Mm. And my partner inadvertently just broke the rule. They didn't ask my permission. Fuck you and the horse you rode in on. That wasn't fair. And then all of a sudden, I'm eight years old, and I'm just like the kid on the school ground who took my Twinkie out of my hand and just took it, and it was the Twinkie I'd waited for my entire day Mm -hmm. and he can run faster than I can and you know and then total disappointment and collapse and it turns into a South Park tantrum yep (laughs) right right absolutely so you know here's the tricky thing about looking at rules I mean it can be tremendously exciting particularly when you've been in a relationship for a long time it can be really exciting to be able to go well okay like in our case the kids are gone empty nesters what do we want to do that we've never done or how about we change up this routine and we add this in and we're going to go out with friends. Let's go do something we've never, ever done or that we haven't done for 30 years. And the same thing is certainly true in sex. Because mm. to me, there's no, there's no question that it can be easy for things to get dull if you do the same damn thing for 5, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years with somebody. You have to be able and willing to change it up and reignite it. Well, personal trainers talk about that too. You know, when you're when you're you know exercising, you're trying to build up your body and so forth. There's that plateau that you reach, and then you have to change your routine, your exercise routine, in order to keep going. It makes perfect sense that with your sex life, same mm-hmm. rule applies. Uh, rules. <laughs> same. I mean, if you have a favorite meal, but you have it every night, pretty soon it's not your favorite meal. Yeah. Right? You just, <laughs> even the best thing in the world, you, everyone can get sick of it and have too much of it and whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. So and if so, you're brave enough to experiment and, and you know, take apart your rules and make new ones, or, or what if we made a rule that allowed us to have rule-less night or something like that, just flexibility. No rule night. 
<laughs> well, now that Andy, you made me think about something with that last comment that I want to add in here. I think the and and I want to credit some of what helped me really put a lot of this together. There's a really great book out right now called The Code of the Extraordinary Mind. And it's written by a guy named Vishen Lakiani. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm familiar with Vishen. Yeah. And he's the founder of Mind Valley, which is right. really growing. And I love this book. And he talks about, he calls them rules with a B. And that's shorthand for bullshit rules. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, me too. Um, and so what I wanted to interject from what you were just saying, Andy, is that I think it's important to know that I don't want this to be heard as you should eliminate or 86 all the rules. What it's really about is questioning them, right? To be able to realize, oh, we've had these rules of engagement, say. Like I have a rule, Sarah, my wife and I, we have a rule that it was never spoken and it's turned out to be a really good rule even if I look at it now. If I consciously say, does this rule work for me? Yes, it does. And that rule was, even though I may have thought it from time to time, I have never in 34 years said fuck you to my wife. Hmm. Not ever. And I never will. I say that with 100% confidence. I have permission to think it, but it's not okay. It goes against my honor to say that to her because I know that for her, that would be so disrespectful. And if I really love somebody, why would I want to disrespect them? I can disagree with them, I can be pissed at them, but there's never a good excuse for being disrespectful. I don't care how pissed off you are. So, it's, so you're saying even some unconscious rules that you're not aware of at all can serve you still? Absolutely. Cool. I'm just a big fan for question the rules. You know, that was the cool thing. You know, I grew up in the 60s, so I lived across the bay from Berkeley. Everybody was questioning everything back then. Uh, <laughs> and that was awesome. And so, I don't know, if you kind of look at where all those hippies are now, it might be a really good idea to remember what it was like when they were younger and question, you know, what rules really work for them or their families or their marriages or their country. So I think I'm really just saying when it comes to sex, when it comes to continually reinventing your relationship. You want to know what the rules are. You want to just check in with, and did I make these up? Were these handed down to me in my family system or by other key influencers in my life? And which of them still work for me? And any of them that don't, out of here. And then embrace the spirit of adventure that that's going to automatically create because the mind really doesn't like it when we don't have any rules to control things. That's true. It needs something to go by. Right. Yeah. And it can go by, well, I'm going to 
I'm going to be more in the moment and focus on being present. And, you know, I love the idea that you mentioned about, you know, a rule-free night. Yeah. What if we just naturally said, Friday night, no rules. Out the door. Yeah. yeah. That, that'd be a, I mentioned that'd be a great way to discover your rules, too. It's no rules. Oh, wait, I'm not going to do that. Oh, wow, I just found a rule because of, there's no rules. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. And then I stopped doing something, right? I, I thought the washing machine. I have to have rules. <laughs> right. I was going to say I like the I like the idea of the washing machine. Unfortunately, we have a stackable, so it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends on the height. Yeah. So when you first said I, the term "brule," first I thought it was going to be like, "Oh, it's like a bro rule." Like right. the guys just talk to each other. Like that's what I thought. Yeah, because when I like the only the only time I can remember those sort of rules are like as a teenager, and my friends are like. You just want sex, to get no relationships. You know, they were, so the rules, of, rules were to keep them very separate. Right. And then how you keep using the term rules of engagement, because it's then, well, but then when you get engaged, then magically it's supposed to all come together and you're supposed to have a new set of rules that you never understood. And now sex and relationships go hand in hand and are supposed to for the rest of your life. Yeah, and without any effort or any problem. Yeah, good, well agree. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's that easy. <laughs> Boom. So, oh, go ahead. No, you, you said, oh, and I'm a big fan of yeah. that. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, I, I, I was literally going to say, I am going to implement that no rule night. I, 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 I love the idea and I'm just going to toss it out there and say, hey, Ivan, guess what? No rules. <laughs> All right, now you're going to have to report. We're going to have to hear about how this goes. I will, I will, I will hold myself to that. Okay. <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. And we have an audience who, who are witness now. <laughs> there we are. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it won't hurt anything. It might make people uncomfortable, but if you're never getting uncomfortable in your relationship with yourself, much less a partner, then... If that goes on much, then you're, in my opinion, you're playing it too safe anyway. Yeah. I mean, there's no say if you're not growing, you're dying. And it's the same right. for a relationship or Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Awesome. Well, um, Jeff, what's the best way for people to get more information about you and your work? Awesome. So here are some of my favorite ways. Um, for those of you who are uh, face crack uh, inhabitants, you can go to facebook.com forward slash build your dream relationship. And I'm always putting up good stuff on there about relationship, about life, the kind of things that impact relationship. My website is yourrelationshiparchitect.com. Good stuff on there too. And, uh, or you can look me up on Amazon and my book, Built to Last, Designing and Maintaining a Loving, Passionate, and Lasting Relationship. That's available for people who want to, you know, dive in deep about relationship stuff. So those are the probably the easiest ways. And you're also welcome to email me at jeff at yourrelationshiparchitect.com. And my name is spelled G-E-O-F-F, -F, which took me 40 years to forgive my mother for spelling it. <laughs> Awesome. She went with the British version. She did. And I was born in California. What the fuck? <laughs> well, yeah, my name gets slotted all the time, so I can sympathize. Right, right. All right, I'll be sure to get all those links. will be in the show notes at realmenfeel.org. 
And uh, thanks again for joining us. And I always feel, I already feel like once we get a report from Alpio, I'll have to come to you back and have the, the results and take no rules right apart. See what happens. Yes. Right? <laughs> well, I have a blast with you guys every time. So anytime you want me back, I'm, I'm in. Beautiful. Oh, Beautiful. come on it. Yeah. Thank you very much for the invite. Cool. Absolutely. We'll be back live next Tuesday, September 20th, 5 p.m. Eastern for another episode of Real Men Feel. We'll be joined by Coach Tanya Arler and we'll talk about authentic fulfillment. Not the fake bro rules version of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so very, no rules. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, thanks again, Jeff. Great. Thanks for everyone listening. Thanks, Apio. Always. And uh, we'll talk to everyone soon. Be well. Sounds good. Be well. Bye-bye.